How's it guys? My name is Mark Haystack and you're listening to the Birding Life Youth Podcast. Ever heard of the Otanuku Mountains? Well, this is the first of many episodes I'm going to be having where I talk about my adventures in this area. So take a listen. Local patch. What is a local patch? Birders usually use this term to refer to this place that they often go to. A place that they know like the back of their hand and they see as theirs basically. Other people may walk there like a botanical garden, you know, and uh, go enjoy nature there as well. But it's a place that a, a birder has has <laughs> in his mind a territory of that area that he goes or she goes to to see the birds that they usually find there or tries to find new birds in that area. So if you can't go to the Kruger National Park, for example, you pop over to your local patch for a bit of birding. But in my eyes, local patch can be applied to different scenarios as well, like a place that you spend most of your time in nature. And for me, that is the Otsuniku Mountains here in the Garden Route. I feel like because I spend so much time with this place and I have a a connection with it in my heart. I know that sounds wishy-washy, but truly, truly, I really do. Um, I grew up here, and so for the last 15 years, uh, this is where I have explored and found my passion for nature. And uh, the Otsuniku Mountains, this is where I've, I've done most of my adventures, as I said. And I have started an outdoor adventure club, and I've been running it for the last few years to show people the secret spots in the mountain here in the garden route of South Africa that is right here at their doorstep for those who live in George and surrounding towns in the Garden Route. And also just nature that they can experience right here that they didn't know that they had, or perhaps they did, but they didn't know that it was so interesting, like butterflies, you know, the, the metamorphosis and the stages and the different species, and that they, there's such thing as different species and lists, you know, so it's not just birds that you make lists out of, it's all sorts of organisms. Um, and no, I don't actually have any birders besides my two or three friends that come on the outings um, in the club, you know, most of the people are just ordinary folk from town coming on the outings, but they, they're very surprised with what is right here to offer. And one of my recent outings, um, I want to talk about what I've been up to in my local patch recently, because I've been up to a lot. One of my recent outings was to try and do a bit of geocaching. If you don't know what that is, just search it up. Sh, the, the ish, the sh part in the word is spelled ch geocaching it's a worldwide treasure hunt and so we we're going to go look for some geocaches but i failed to plan it and instead instead of going with the whole club which i have about 100 members on my whatsapp group i went with my friend and it's to the secret cave in glentana all right that's a place in the garden route where there's a there's a, a geocache in there and we went to look for it and it turned out to be a whole different adventure i literally invited a whole lot of friends only one friend came <laughs> it turned about out to be so cool we found the old geocache in the cave we were looking at the stalagmites and stalactites there was no one else there and we visited a shipwreck and it was so cool it was just me and my friend we took photos we got wet we tried not to get cut with the rust on the shipwreck and yeah you know, very cool I had such a cool time and then then i ended up planning a geocaching outing with my adventure club and it was just boys like out of the hundred people that are on my whatsapp group just boys came and it was pretty cool actually it was just a coincidence and we went jawling in the forest and in the mountain looking for stuff and we found no geocaches nothing just 
nothing. It was, it was <laughs> that part of it was sad, but otherwise we found lots of wildlife and stuff. Um, and we chopped down a, a tree with a pocket knife. So that that's one of my my aims for every outing I go on. We chop down one invasive tree, at least one. And this time I forgot to bring my machete, and so Daniel, my friend, used his his pocket knife and we cut down a bugweed in the in the forest. So yeah, that that is that was pretty exciting. And so my my life adventures, I stuppies are picking up. An interesting thing about the bugweed. Now actually throwing a bit of bird um, <laughs> talk in here. The bugweed invasive plant it's like it's a very fast growing tree it's a pioneer species i guess you could say is absolutely adored it's delicious for pigeons the ramaron pigeons just chow this thing if they they would only eat that those berries if they if they could survive on that they would they would just eat the bugweed berries and the thing about the bugweed berries is it's like tomato seeds tomato seeds don't digest properly in your stomach so they fly over town after eating these berries and they poop it out. There falls the seeds and it grows up and it grows fast, guys. These alien plants grow fast. So it spreads like wildfire, just like black wattle around uh, the garden route and many other places around South Africa, I'm sure. And so bugweed is one of the species of alien plants that I try to eradicate on, you know, my outdoor excursions on any of them, not just the life adventures. So yeah, that's my life adventures outdoor club is picking up um those are some of the outings i've been on recently and now to get on to the topic of more more about birds one of the most exciting things that have happened this season is the laughing gull the laughing gull guys pitched up just down the road from me and i only it was only confirmed as a laughing gull instead of a franklin's gull the the morning after it the news was released that there's this rare bird in in Mossel Bay. So the, the Sunday Sunday morning. Okay, well it's Sunday afternoon. Hey guys, I think I found a Franklin's gull in Mossel Bay. Um, and then Trevor Hardacre says, okay, send me some photos of the wings, please. There's something weird about the jizz of this bird. So I'm awaiting the response. I sleep in late on Monday morning. Yet by 9:30 in the morning i wake up and there's this bombard of messages on the whatsapp groups the telegram groups the the forums flip guys guys this it's it's a it's a laughing girl <laughs> first record for southern africa all this crazy stuff possibly the first record for africa here i am stuck at home no one can give me a lift parents are gone and it's just down the road from me. I can't, oh my word, and it's a laughing girl. I had overslept. The worst thing that had happened to me this year yet. But I did manage to get a lift. Late afternoon, I managed to find someone who was driving through my town down to Mossel Bay, and I got to see the laughing girl. Oh, it was amazing. Let me actually read you Trevor Hardacre's um, report here, the section. So the South African Rare Bird News report on the 7th of February starts. Obviously, the big news came from the Western Cape with the discovery of a laughing gull at Santos Beach in Mossel Bay late yesterday afternoon, initially identified as a Franklin's gull. Fortunately, a number of photos were taken when the bird was relocated there this morning, which confirmed the ID beyond a shadow of doubt and added yet another species to the Southern African list. <laughs> so flippin' fantastic, Yella. Um, and yeah, anyways, it... it, it I got to see it. I got to meet some other people there. And that's the amazing thing about Twitches, you know. Big Twitches like this especially. Um, but Twitches in general, it's not just about 
getting this bird on your on your list, you know, the excitement of seeing a bird that's not supposed to be there. There's a whole atmosphere about a twitch that makes it so different to the rest of birding. Because you go there and you there's a whole lot of other people, especially with a big twitch, who have come to see the same bird as you. Like sometimes they come from all around the country. People are coming from Joburg, Cape Town, KZN, all provinces and corners of the country to see this laughing girl. And even though I was only there for one day, I think I got to meet 20 people I haven't seen before. At least just a hello, you know. I, I met some people I was I'm looking forward to meeting. Um, I just met. I just missed some of the oaks from Cape Town. Joel Roddy was was there, and I missed him. I've been wanting to meet him. Daniel Engelbrecht, you know, all these oaks from around the country, the youth birders that I am familiar with. I wanted to meet them, but I just didn't, you know. Uh, anyways, it's it's. A twitch brings people together, it really does. And that's what I, I really discovered and realized at this moment, how a twitch is not just about the bird, it's about the whole experience. When I put my photos that I got of the laughing girl on my status, I got many responses back and one of my friends said, oh man, come on, let's go birding sometime. And he, he wasn't, a, he's not a birder, you know? He, well, he wasn't back then, just a few weeks ago, a few months ago. And um, so we ended up organizing a morning to go look for some birds and we went to the one of my local areas, the Garden Root Dam. And um, we, I said to him, listen, let's go look for some species, try and make as big a list as, as possible in the two, three hours that we have there. And I said, just let's look out because there's, there's striped swallows that are nesting under the bridge there apparently. It's been reported yesterday. Um, let, let's make that our target bird. And so he was very excited to come along. You know, we went out, we had a mission. We were going to a place early in the morning. It was a whole different experience for him. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, we were looking, we were going, we had a comprehensive list going, and we see these swallows coming over us. And I say, hey, look there, what's that? Look out for a deep orange rump. And we're looking at, and we're looking and looking. And then, you know, the bird comes past us, and we both see the orange rump. And then we're like, yes, that's so cool. So then we could scratch it out. It's not a greater striped swallow, it's a lesser striped swallow. And he was so excited. And it was just great to have the laughing girl that I twitched had a knock-on effect to one of my friends to encourage them to come birding with me. And uh, yeah, now I've sparked, well, should I say, me going to twitch the laughing girl has sparked an interest in one of my friends to go birding with me. And now he's a, he's a budding birder. And then just a few days later, after all the laughing girl madness, I assisted in guiding Grootbrak Bird Club on Reflections Eco Reserve, and which... The bird club is actually based right next to Mossel Bay, in actual fact. So, they they were an older generation um, bird club. You know, they they're they're much older than me, and it was a totally different experience guiding guiding a bird club around a reserve that I was familiar with, and they were all Afrikaans. So, it was quite interesting putting my Afrikaans birding skills to work and applying my knowledge of Afrikaans bird names. Um, which I find much more interesting and descriptive than English names, by the way. Anyways, you know, I mean, it was very, it was very, it was very exciting. It was very cool. You know, we were walking, walking around, and I knew that this spot there's nice the woodpeckers. So we all have to be very quiet. So the group of twenty, I had to say, okay, everyone, play still. We saw, you know, we must keep quiet and keep our ears open for nice woodpeckers calling or tapping on branches. And everyone would listen to me and I was just it was such a different experience because here I am an 18 year old talking to a much older generation of people um, and they're all listening to me and going going with the flow and just going to try find these birds and 
obeying, I could say, my orders. But, you know, it's because they want to see the birds and they, they have this passion for birding. And, you know, you, you could see old people and young people is totally different in birding. The, the younger people are more involved in the competition and stuff. But really, this experience reminded me that they actually are, are, are there for the same reason. They're there for the love of birds. Because, as I said, there's these old people listening to me but not necessarily because I'm telling them what to do and they're just going to obey me. It's because they know that I've had experience in this area and they want to see these birds. So yeah, that was pretty interesting, different experience. I also assisted Peter Ginn on one of his youth bird walks the other month. Um, he does bird courses for all, all groups and, and ages of people, different experiences, uh, people with different experiences. He does all sorts of birds from Southern Africa. And he's published a couple of bird books. I've got his latest one, The Ultimate Companion to Birding in Southern Africa. But this time he was doing a youth bird walk. And Peter Ginn's hearing um, is not as good as it used to be. So he invited me to assist him in guiding. And forest birding is unique. It's essential to use your hearing skills and know your bird calls in the forest. So with these this group of young kiddies eight, ranging from the age of 7 to 12, more like 6 to 12, the one guy, the one kid was so small, he could have been four actually. But they were so, also so enthusiastic, you know. I walked in and I started leading the walk and I just said, okay, everyone, if you want to see, if you see something or hear something, just tap me on the shoulder and whisper, okay. Tell me where you see it and whisper. And they listened to me. They listened to me so well. I couldn't believe it. There were at least 15 of these youngsters walking in the forest with me leading them. And their parents, some of their parents were there, but they listened to me because they wanted to see the birds. They were so enthusiastic about going out into the field, applying the skills that they had learned in the classroom with Peter Ginn when he was doing his slides on the board, showing them the different birds of the area and how they look and identifying features and stuff. And we ended up hearing greenback cameropteras and telling them about the somber green bulls high up in the canopy and the, the blackback puffback, you know, that in Afrikaans it's called a snowball because it looks like a snowball on the back when the male puffs up his white feathers. They were like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> and it was it was very encouraging to me actually that these youngsters are so interested in birds. And they just had to you just had to open the eyes up for them to say to show them that this stuff is right here. And those kids those kids are gonna grow up with at least an interest in nature, if not birds, because they got exposed to this at a young age. And then another bit of guiding I did recently was at the Garden Route Botanical Gardens, an awesome public area just below the Otanuko Mountains. And um, they had a nightlife event where people could walk around from 6 p.m. till 9 p.m. And I was, I assisted as one, as, the, as one of the guides. And I guided a lot of the people around at night, showing them this stuff and all the frogs and listening out for owls. It was very interesting for them. Um, you know, you have to speak enthusiastically about this stuff because there's a lot of people with you and they 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 might not be interested in, in you know the, the frog there but if you t if you speak about it you know enthusiastically they're like then they get interested because you find it interesting so why shouldn't they so anyway you know, it was just awesome experience there and then I've I've also been going on a lot of crew outings um it's a group of people who go out every weekend literally it's a bunch of elderly folk who are dedicated to plants, not birds, but plants. They, they, they do surveys in the Otanuka region uh, of endangered plants, but they, they know everything, literally. Your, 
anyway, this one was out into the Otsnuka Mountains uh, two weekends ago. And um, we were looking for the George Flame. It's, it's like a lily, basically. It's, the genus is Sempervirens. And it only grows in the George area on the Otsnuka Mountains. That's how special this plant is. It grows about a meter tall um, at most with this red flower popping out at the top. And it specifically and particularly comes into bloom right after the Feinbos burns, the, the, the mountain burns. Um, and these the, the seed pods on the ground are split open and like germinated. So now it's the fourth year. Let's see, 2018 was the last fires on the Otsuniko Mountains. So yeah, it's the fourth year after fires and these flowers are, are still growing and, and, and sprouting at this time of year. But they, they blossom like crazy after fire. And we got to see loads of them this time, which was awesome. And it's not even close to fire time. Um, and then we couldn't get enough of the mountains. So me and my friend, who's an awesome botanist, he knows the plants like like nothing else, better than I know birds, and he's only 16. And um, yeah, so we went up into the mountains trying to look for ferns and orchids. And we ended up, we ended up finding this rare orchid for the Otanuka region. And he's really getting me interested in this stuff called brown lear. It's one of the brown lear species. I think it's curvy vata or curvy flora is the scientific name, uh, brown lear. And it was the furthest west record for the Western Cape of this orchid species. And it was so cool to find that. And that was also here in the Otsuniko Mountains. So, yeah, if that's not enough of the Otsuniko Mountains, last weekend, my friend invited me to come up with him and camp on the peak. So I said, for sure, man. And him and I reached the agreement that we would both go up without our tents. Just our sleeping bags, water bottles, our food, and a jacket. And I also challenged myself to climb the peak barefoot. And uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a dirty job, all right. But you get to the top and you feel so fulfilled. Like, you've done this challenge. My feet are paining, but not that bad. But I can see this view all the way from Neisner to Mossel Bay. And I can see Oatswiren behind me in the Karoo. Oh, and then you put your shoes on because, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to push it too much. Um, and yeah, so it was an epic experience. Absolutely epic. So we stayed the night there. I found another brown layer um, orchid, uh, which was even possibly even more west. It was also very cool to find. A lo lots of Cape Siskins. Oh, yes. And I got a lifer. Uh, Red Wing Franklin, halfway up the mountain. Oh, it was so cool. We were just walking peacefully and five of them got flushed and they gave off their alarm calls and and then they landed and I could identify them properly. It was so cool. So we got some nice feinball species, orange-breasted sunbirds, obviously. I missed out on the Cape Rock Jumper. And that's usually there. And anyways, it was an awesome time. Woke up at sun, sunrise at six, six o'clock in the morning with the sun rising above the clouds. Us, you know, sleeping on the ground. It was so cool with the feinboss around us and the, the king proteas blooming. My word, fascinating experience. I mean, yeah, I just can't describe it well enough. And so, yeah, with all this awesome wildlife that's in the area at the moment, uh, the awesome rains that we had at the beginning of the year, actually, um, yeah, at the beginning of this year, the, it actually caused floods in many parts of the garden route. And the garden root dam overflowed. The wildlife is just flourishing in the Otsunuka region at the moment. And with my 
opportunity to get out a lot and uh, gain more knowledge, I'm starting um, wildlife walks as a, a guiding opportunity for, to, for myself to practice uh, in my Life Adventures Outdoor Club. So I'm doing more specific eight stoppies, not just to secret spots to show people picnic things and places to go for family outings, but also to introduce them more specifically to the nature in the area um, because that is what I want to do when I finish school. Um, after this year of matric, I'm going to have my Fagasa done by the end of this year, level one, and start getting more seriously into field guiding. So this, my, my outdoor club is an awesome opportunity for me to practice my field guiding skills and at the same time show people the biodiversity of the garden route. So if you're ever in the garden route, just let me know, drop me a message, we can go for a walk, I'll gladly get you out there and we can go look for some secret spots in the area, I can show you what I found in the Otanuka Mountains and even other places in the garden route, all the bird diversity, bird diversity, that should be a new word, what I was trying to say was bird biodiversity and uh, all the awesome mammals and plants we can find in the area. I've got some great friends who have a lot of knowledge that they would be more than happy to share with you guys. say I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and don't forget to like and subscribe to the Birding Life Youth Podcast on all your social media and podcasting platforms. Until next time, happy birding and be blessed. Yeah.